Hello, do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you a Shin Nihon freak? If so, check out the Super Jcast with Joel and Damon on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And even if you fucking hate New Japan Pro Wrestling, listen to the Super Jcast anyway. Not just for our great show reviews, analysis, and pastrami sandwiches, mm-hmm. but there's also usually some dick jokes somewhere in the obligatory opening 30 minutes of absolute nonsense we chat about every single week. That's the Super Jcast for all the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey there, Thunder Buddies and Travelers Down Thunder Road. It's us, Days of Thunder, the WCWD Thunder rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway. Coming to you as part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network and powered by LargeManAppears.com. I am your host, your cold November rain on Thunder Road, Dave Ryan. And I am joined, as I always am, by the slash to my axle. It's uh, Lee Malone. How are you? I like, the, I like that you're the problem I've been for once. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm extremely problematic, I am. Um, <laughs> You know me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Um, just uh, tired. It's been a uh, fucking long old week. It has. It's, it's only Thursday and it feels like it's been fucking never ending. Yeah, it feels like one of the more old man things I'll say that we had a three day weekend last week in Ireland and I do not feel the better for it at all. Oh, bank, um, bank holiday weekends suck. I mean, they just they ruin everything. See, they're not normally that bad for me because, like, I know you have the two kids, so, like, bank holiday weekends means you have to go do extra stuff. Yeah. They, they, throw, they throw off the whole week. Like, bank you- holiday weekends sometimes mean I can hibernate away yeah. from the world, and, and, and that is a positive for me. Um, but, yeah, this was a long one, and I had... I, I'm coming off the back of, like, ten days where everybody in my place of work is on holidays except me. Um, so you were, hold, the, you were holding down the fort for a couple of All the actual days. paid staff. So, yeah, it's me and my volunteers for the week and the week and a half. And I was like, I'll tell you one thing that ain't happening again. <laughs> not, a, not on my watch, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, but yeah, we're kind of God and the. The change in the, the the change in the the clocks has made it feel just extra dark and dour this week as well. I feel it's uh, oh, it's miserable. <laughs> oh, it's miserable. I, I it's more, it's almost show- as miserable as Road Wild ninety nine was. Oh well, look, I, I was going to say I hate starting off the show has been such bad form, but yeah, it, it's pretty bad. Um, but but Days of Thunder is an oasis of calm in amongst uh, all this horrible seasonal weather yeah we've been getting getting some great feedback the last couple of weeks i'm uh i'm loving all this people telling us how great we are 
Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, as if our egos weren't already big enough. Um, I feel like I can joke about that because nothing says we don't have egos like choosing to cover this program. (laughs) If we had egos about ourselves, this would be a Monday Night Raw review podcast. Well, I mean, what what did you think of my suggestion that once Thunder is finished, that we move on to the true B-shows that are Rampage and Collision? I believe my exact quote to you in this in the VOW Slack was "Don't put that evil on me." <laughs> um, which is I like enjoy Collision. Collision would be the the good part of that deal. Rampage is a patchy program. Like what what have you got? We've got how old is Rampage? Two years at this point. Uh yeah, twenty twenty one. So by the time we finish this podcast, you're looking at about a six year backlog. Yeah, it's not happening. I mean, why it's not? not happening. They, we've had. Like, we've had discussions about what what do we do? Because obviously, with Thunder, it's a finite property. Mm. And I think, like, everybody... And we've said this on the show before. I think everybody is kind of tilting us to do some, like, invasion-era invasion, yeah. stuff. as like Because that's kind of the ultimate postscript on WCW. Like, if we're currently in the digging the grave process, like, some sort of... Uh, limited run where we do some invasion stuff would be like Tr- the pissing on the grave era of WCW. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to be a bit kinder and say throwing the door on the coffin, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if I can bring myself to come up to, to Rampage. Like, especially at the moment where I'm just... I'm noticing myself, like, obviously there's a lot of negative talk going around about AEW and, and in a lot of cases, rightly so. Mm. But I was like, I don't think it will necessarily affect too much of my my viewing habits because i i still i have been so desperate for a weekly television show that i that i like watching about wrestling uh that i was like it would have to dip a a long way in quality i once thought to myself and i've noticed myself now i'm like at the the process started because it airs you typically one to three a.m over here in ireland Mm. And for four years, or no, three years, three years, yeah. So 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022, you know, four full years, I maybe missed one episode live. Maybe two. Like, it's less than five episodes Mm. I missed watching live. You're a consistent watcher. Consistent watcher, usually consistent, annoying live tweer. In 2023, I found... The, the, the start of it was, oh, you know what? I'm just going to like lie in bed for the main event with it on my tablet. And then that quickly became, I'll watch the second hour in bed. And then this week was one that was real jarring to me that showed me how much the quality has dipped. And that's because the clocks went back. I completely missed the first hour of Dynamite this week. And I wasn't even annoyed. I, f- I actually forgot that. Dynamite started at midnight, so I'd gone to bed earlier in the evening with a, a headache, yeah. and I woke up at like twenty past two, and I was like, "Oh, I could catch catch the main event of Dynamite." And I was like, oh, "I couldn't be arsed." Now, the baby woke up at that point. This was around yeah. half two, quarter to three. Yeah. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'll get up, take that fight," and normally it gives you the option to continue from where you left off. It's like start from the go, beginning, go from beginning, or or watch continue. live. Yeah. So I was like, oh, just not watch live. And I was like, oh, yeah, clocks went back. Totally just yeah. wasn't thinking about it. 
like even if I think I had been up, I probably would have missed um the beginning of of uh, Dynamite if if I hadn't been online. It was the rare double like um. I don't know if you want to call it burial or anything that not only did I miss the first hour and not care when I tuned in I watched about 35 minutes of that second hour and went ah, I'm fine I watched the show at whatever it was 3 o'clock this morning yeah. and there were some good parts there were some bad parts but I've made this point on the Discord and in the VOW Slack that it to me it was the most 1999 WCW Nitro yeah. episode of Dynamite there's ever been in that there's good stuff but the bad stuff is so bad and the uh, the 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 feeling regarding the whole company at the moment is so toxic yeah. that the good stuff just gets ignored and everyone focuses on the bad and it it becomes harder over time doesn't it because there were the the balance was much more in favor of you you know you might have one or two cringy segments in a mm-hmm. in a 2 hour show or what not even cringy but stuff you just weren't interested in and that dates back to right at the start with like the librarians and stuff like that or the original run of the dark order mm-hmm. culminating in that incredibly bad angle at the last show of 2019 that was really the the sign of them turning the company around. Mm-hmm. Actually, ultimately, T- Tony Khan going, "No, you're not doing this anymore." But now, what it is is it's that kind of thing that WWE was in the kind of mid 2010s, where it's the reverse, where you're like you kind of said, you're picking through the stuff you don't like to find the stuff you do now. Mm-hmm. Um, as long I, I like my. Uh, I won't truly be in a doom spiral phase with it until the pay-per-views start sucking. Yeah. Consistently. And, and we I, had one miss this year. I saw somebody saying, but how long can it continue? Because WWE had that period in the the early to mid-10s where they had mm. awful TV and killer yeah. pay-per-views. But that ended. Yeah. So yeah. how long can AEW same, consistently deliver bad TV yeah. and good pay-per-views? Same with NXT. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that boom era of NXT where all the takeovers were guaranteed good and yeah, the well will run dry eventually. Um but it is it is getting a bit desperate. Um and even the stuff I like is being muddied with stuff I don't at the moment. Like again, how much were we all raving about Christian this whole year? Mm-hmm. And like already the uh the, the, the doomsayers on Adam Copeland look to be getting vindicated. Uh, as you crack a big smile there. <laughs> Look, I was willing to give him a go, but the man can't even fucking inter- like do his entrance without being blown up. So My hope was that, you know, like we used to do with WWE guys, you give them three to six months to work out all the shitty ideas. Mm-hmm. And then they realize that shit don't play there. Um, but no, which happened was... with a good few guys. But yeah, but this is the thing. Now it's the kind of, they're, they've been conditioned to be the call and response crowd. Mm-hmm. makes it very challenging um yeah it's tough it's tough it's it's actually gotten to a time where i'm kind of even though this company is bad the thing i'm enjoying most in wrestling is going back and clowning on these shows rather than watching aw <laughs> where like aw used to be my kind of escape from how bad these shows were well i've um i made the decision during the week earlier in the week to subscribe to impact wrestling because i yeah. asked our friend 
friend of the show, Garrett Kidney, when Impact... So, Impact Cork, doesn't air... Cork's favourite son. Impact does not air on UK TV. Mm-hmm. So, I do know it goes up on Impact Plus. So, I said to Garrett, you know, yeah. uh, what's the turnaround on Impact Plus? On Impact TV show going on Impact Plus? And he was like, as soon as it finishes on Access. I was like, okay, sold. That means yeah. I can wake up on a Thursday morning, stick it on, have it in the background. So now I've I've got something new to uh, tide me over. How how is the service on Impact Plus at the moment? Because I kind of I I was a, briefly a subscriber, but the at least the way the site was kind of annoyed me, and I kind of I was like I wanted to give TNA my money because there's a lot of a lot of guys on that roster that I like. It, if you're looking for the classic stuff, it's it's not the best. But if you're looking for the more recent stuff, it's right there. It's easy to find. Yeah. Um, is it better good. than Honor Club? Oh yes, yes. Okay. To be fair, a, a fucking potato with a fucking aerial sticking out of it is probably better than Honor Club. Yeah. So, but and yet Honor Club is better than the network is now. That is true. Here's something actually before we get into Thunder that I don't think we've talked about in the air because we did the whole, you know, they're ruining wrestling history bit when we talked about music. But have you noticed going into the network now, like how sloppy this transition has been to the new one? Like not only I think we briefly alluded to how hard everything is to find on the network Mm -hmm. now, but also all the dates and descriptions are wrong. I don't even look the shows now. I don't even check. Like I just know that I'm going to the next Thunder. Yeah, the only thing that's correct anymore is going by date. Because the show description and the thumbnail for the show are both wrong. And they have been wrong for the last maybe four Thunders. Which is crazy. I mean, Well, at least we've noticed that the last four Thunders. Because there was one just to peek behind the curtain for a while. Oh, yeah. There was one where, thank God, the two of us text each other, like, non-spoilery stuff when we're watching the shows. Because we were watching two completely different thunders because you went by thunder number and I went by thunder date. Yes. Um, and we were completely off because you were mentioning a match and I was like, Lee, that match is not on this thunder. <laughs> Thankfully, and it was I, the first match. <laughs> it wouldn't have done. I would have made the same mistake as you only for the fact that I copy and paste the what match. matches are on it from cage match uh, to, to kind of be the bones of my notes. Um so I have no expectation that this will ever be fixed. No, it's done. Uh, the network's done as a viable fucking. Yeah. Once kill. again, if uh, if somebody out there in the great white world has a hookup for the remaining thunders in decent quality, uh, please please slide in the show's DMs because I just I hate giving them money. I hate giving them money, but it's just the easiest way currently. Um. Right. Anyway, um, before we get before we get into the Patreon plug, I want to make uh, one other plug. Had something I mentioned a little bit on the show recently, and something uh, that I mentioned in the Discord today. Uh, hang on, is it a hair plug? Hey, here he is. Here he is. <laughs> so, by the time you're all listening to this, um, I will have revealed a link for um, my fundraising efforts. Uh, I am shaving my head on December 15th uh, to donate the the money to, or donate, sorry, donate the hair firstly to um, make wigs for for kids with cancer. Uh, I've been growing this hair now since 
maybe spring of 2021. It was like my tail end of lockdown depression here. And I kind of a little while into it realized, you know, this might be the last time I grow out my hair long. Now, I, I do think I'm going to grow it back straight away. Um, but I kind of thought it was my last hurrah. And it's something that I've always liked the, the sentiment of donating hair rather than just like cutting the hair at the end. But I didn't realize how long it would take me to grow it long enough to donate. So we're here at November 2023 and it's finally long enough to get rid of. So December 15th, I'm getting rid of it. And uh, where people that are listening to this might enter into it, should they see fit, is that I am going to be raising money as well for the Laurelin uh, Children's Hospice uh, here in Ireland. Uh, so there will be a donation link on our link tree, which you can find uh, at linktr.e slash WCW Thunderpod. It's in our bio. Uh, on Twitter and we're also going to put the link in the show notes Uh, by all means uh, you do not have to I do not expect listeners of this program to uh, spam the donation link with loads and loads of cash but if you do have uh, a little bit to spare at this I know it's a tough time financially of the year Christmas for a lot of people Um, but you know the, the way I'm kind of looking at it and the way I wrote it on my donation page is like these kids aren't promised tomorrow let alone Christmas so I'm going to do my best to, to plug the hell out of it in little brief spots here or there. So I apologize if between now and December 15th, I annoy people by posting the link a lot. But uh, that is what I'm going to do to see how much uh, I can raise for the Chitlins. If, um, uh, if Chris Jericho or Kevin Owens hear this and want to donate, that's perfectly acceptable considering they're the most yes. generous men in wrestling. Absolutely. Absolutely. It would be, um, be well appreciated. Well appreciated. Uh, all donations, great and small. Um, Mm -hmm. and even just if you see me post a link on twitter um a retweet so that somebody else might would also really help um so i do appreciate that and uh, i'm hoping in some manner of speaking to record the head shaving uh to post it on social media um there's talk of i'm doing it at a work thing there's talk of my work live streaming it but i don't know about that (laughs) Um, I don't know if I'm just have fully sold on that. If it's going to be on a live stream, brother, it's going yeah, to be you, on a Days of Thunder live stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah damn right. I'm going to monetize that shit. Um, so yeah, that's my little life update. But Lee, uh, while we're in plug corner here, do you want to hit us up with what's going on at largemanappears? Largemanappears.com. We just had our annual Arcadoween tree. Uh, we reviewed the god-awful movie that was Screen Tree. Um, a movie so bad that I may not come back next year for Arcade Wii and 4. Who knows? <laughs> um, so that's live. That's free for one week, I believe. So it'll be next Tuesday it goes behind the paywall. Um, uh, yes. So, yeah, so that's live for one week. So if you want to hear it uh, without paying, it's free for just another couple of days by the time you hear this. Uh, and then next Thursday, um, we will have... A new episode of Draft and Drafts, our first draft in many's a time. Mm. Um, do you know? Is it our, only our third one ever? Could be. I think it might be. I I just recently won an episode of the draft. Yes. Yes, with uh, Griffin Peltier, Sean Cedar, and Rich Creech as part of the draft, the nineteen ninety eight Attitude Era draft. I believe they they coined it as. Um, but yes, we will have. A draft next week. We may have a guest. We may not. We don't know yet. We're yeah. still still working things out. 
Um, the theme, the theme will remain a a closely guarded secret uh, until we're recording it, and then we'll let people on the uh, the Discord now. Yes. Uh, also, so join us on the Voices of Wrestling Discord. We do have our own channel. Also, for the for the uh, fact that I like to have an advantage of some kind, so. <laughs> and then Thanks. two weeks later on the Patreon, we will also have another episode of Rehash. We will do Rehash uh, Nine, I believe. Mm-hmm. We are up to now, so Clash of the Champion Nine. We will review in two weeks' time, three weeks' time when you're listening to this. Um, and Dave will also have a grab bag at some point this month. He will have his usual show notes dump and. Who knows what else will pop up on the Patreon? Yeah, if I can stomach uh, enough of a catch-up on 2023 wrestling, I might do my match of the year tracking. I haven't done it in a couple of months because yeah. it's just, I'm getting discouraged, actively discouraged. Well, seeing as I've just mentioned Impact Wrestling and being a subscriber, if somebody wants to throw uh, some Impact Rex our way, I'll happily accept them. Uh, I don't know if you know what the next uh, rehash is, by the way. Uh, we looked at the card. I know we did look at it on the last, the last it's, uh, uh, episode. It's it's Funk Flare. I quit. Yes. Yeah. So you want to get you want to get on a large man because that is a match that we have both gushed about privately before. I am very much looking to covering, looking forward to covering. And it's sure. a hell of a card, I think, as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's all. That's all coming up this month on a large man appears. Um, and then next month December we will also have a couple of Christmas team shows but we'll keep keep them back for now we'll let you know about them in the next couple of weeks yeah absolutely uh, Lee as we have been doing uh, a lot lately uh, we are dipping into the Observer to give us a bit of context of what's going on in the world of WCW and if anything else is popping out to us uh, in the wider world of wrestling Um so the August 23rd, 1999 edition of The Observer is what I've got here in front of me. And I'm just going to kind of skim through a few bits here. Um, the lead story is all about the G1. Okay. So we won't get too into that. But um, I find it interesting that the poll at the, the top of The Observer is for Road Wild. Um, and they have uh, thumbs up 11.5%, thumbs down 83.9%. Uh, and in the middle, 4.6%. The best match uh, was won by Benoit DDP, which, again, even extremely though, generous. as we said on the show, extremely generous, extremely disappointing, but also probably the best match on the show, in spite of all that. Mm. Uh, worst match was Hogan versus Nash. Uh, with 30 votes, the runner-up was Buff Bagwell versus Ernest Miller. And uh, that's based off phone calls and faxed messages to the observer as of <laughs> Tuesday, 817. Uh, one of the interesting things that's um, kind of being spoken about outside of WCW is what is going on at the moment with Steve Austin. Being the subject of a lot of talk in the past week, Dave says, between his various injuries, his probable, maybe almost assured dropping of the WWF title at SummerSlam and stories regarding him becoming hard to deal with. Uh, he's also signed to become a regular for five consecutive episodes early next season on the CBS show Nash Bridges yeah. to reprise his Jake Cage character. Uh, Austin's been out of action since 727 when he suffered a multitude of injuries, a badly bruised shin, which was thought to be broken at first, um, 
and to be the worst of the injuries, a laceration of the chin and what turned out to be the most serious of the injuries, a torn TCL, the ligament at the back of the knee, uh, taking a bump actually after the raw taping where he was supposed to go through the announcer's table with Triple H, but he landed on the wrong table and it didn't break. Uh, Before the knee tear was diagnosed, it was believed Austin would miss only one weekend, but he's now expected to be out of action for an indefinite period of time, possibly until the 926 Unforgiven pay-per-view in Charlotte, with the exception of SummerSlam. Surgery was not recommended for the knee tear, but at least one month of serious rehab was suggested before he returns to action. It's a different era, isn't it? Whereas, like, this guy is seriously badly hurt, but we've fucking got to get him through a pay-per-view rather than, you know, worry about his actual health or anything like that. So this kind of inconsistency with knowing what's going to happen with Austin's injury, I think Lee goes some way towards explaining. We looked at it a little bit on the last Nights of Nitro, the the Jericho edition crossing over. They are really, they are building to this SummerSlam main event, but they're also not fully confident as to what the main event is. Oh yeah, they they chop and change so much in the run up to to, uh, SummerSlam. I'm guessing it was an ever changing thing where they thought they might have to do Helmsley uh, Foley one on one so they kind of kept going yeah. up going back and forward between the two of them mm. it's yeah look it's understandable the Austin was the guy um, Austin was also as Dave said there incredibly hard to deal with at this time he had, he had a lot of issues um, health wise personal wise the, the guy was a fucking mess at this point uh, he has also refused in recent uh, weeks to wrestle Billy Gunn and uh, famously Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know about that one. But um, as far as the notes last week regarding Austin refusing to work with Billy Gunn and Jeff Jarrett, while they are accurate, WWF officials claim linking the two names together creates an, inc- uh, an incorrect impression. Um, so this is the classic it would become part of a storyline a couple of years later that Austin on top is this paranoid guy that is difficult to work with doesn't want to doesn't want to uh, get in the ring with just anybody Um, so yeah this is and this would be an emerging thing because we've only got a couple of months of him left uh, before he goes on the shelf for a whole year Mm -hmm. as well uh, in what is generally believed to be the last ever pay-per-view from Sturgis, South Dakota, Road Wild on 814 made some booking changes for the better, but the atmosphere, as usual, killed the show. Uh, the booking changes were a lot more emphasis on clean finishes with one in every match uh, and a few mild surprises. The negatives were that every match, nearly every match was bad. The setting, playing outdoors before a worn-out crowd of non-wrestling fans mean that nobody seemed over and few of the matches had any significant heat. Uh, probably the worst thing about the show, even more than the setting, was the desperation booking of Hulk Hogan versus Kevin Nash main event. Despite teasing a feud forever from the NWO debut in '96, and that is true, it's something that mm-hmm. like precedes us talking about Thunder. Is that very, very early on in the NWO run, there was always the Nash and Hogan will turn on each other eventually tease that they would kind of circle back to every now and then, and something we didn't quite appreciate is like they finally pulled the trigger after three years of not doing it properly mm-hmm. and it was dog shit well, and it like it, it did not pop a buy rating but you can't let them off the hook that the first time they did do it was on intro and it was the finger poke yeah. of doom yes yes technically yes um 
But with WCW on a string of three straight poor buy rates with Nash on top, but with Hogan out injured, Hogan's leverage position was great. The myth that he's still a huge pay-per-view draw would be ruined if the buy rate didn't significantly pick up, and by tradition, Road Wild, because of the Saturday night time slot, and perhaps because of a history of bad shows, has by tradition generally not fared well in that regard. This year, with WCW's popularity failing... Uh, things figured to be worse even with Dennis Rodman who had been a strong pay-per-view draw in the past but his appearance has garnered almost no mainstream attention since he's no longer an active player and he's come uh what's it uh oh just some weird Dave phrasing there about <laughs> Goldberg on the show as well okay um and then he talks about he just buries the setting for a while then he talks about the we get a little bit of the detail about the fight that we talked about on the oh, show yeah. Uh, so both Bagwell and Ernest Miller got into an argument and came to blows before their match. Apparently, the original finish had Miller going over, but Bagwell went to Kevin Nash complaining that he was the one left laying in most of the TV angles, so Nash changed it. There were reports that the finish and post-match were constantly being changed up until the match. Bagwell again complained about a finish where he'd win uh, with a little cradle, but then get left laying again. Somehow it escalated into words. Uh, Bagwell either went to slap or actually did slap Miller first, as accounts vary. What doesn't vary is that Miller threw two solid punches to the mouth and the cheek when they rolled to the ground, with Bagwell tying up Miller, trying not to get hit. Uh, while on the ground, Bagwell scraped up his elbow pretty bad. When they got up, Miller still wanted to fight, and Bagwell tried to calm him down, which took, uh, which some took as him trying to save face, uh, while at the same time backed down because Miller hit him with hard punches. Nobody was seriously hurt, and they went out and had their scheduled match. It was a bad match, but probably no worse than it would have been under the circumstances. <laughs> Look at um, Dave. Just like, look, they had a bad match. Okay. Bagwell is punished by being taken off the eight sixteen nitro, but there was some heat uh, on whoever made the decision because it was double standard. As Miller was not punished, um, and was the only wrestler in the early matches on Nitro who didn't get laid out by Sid Vicious. Um, there had been bad feelings between the two since Miller had uh, has natural heat because his TV persona resembles his real life persona and Miller was feeling was mad feeling Bagwell's interview in blackface was racist which it was wow <laughs> he's really he really hit home on that one didn't he oh god and it's, people are surprised that this company got sued for fucking sued it to oblivion yeah um so I won't uh, dwell too much. There's like there's a few more kind of notes on WCW here. So the latest on the flare situation is that he was examined by his doctor who said due to his back injury that he should take a month off. It's no secret that Flair in the past has worked with injuries as or more severe, but the company has killed his zest for wrestling. Over the past week, he genuinely contemplated retiring. He was not at the pay-per-view or at Nitro, and while he couldn't have worked, he could have done interviews or angles and at one point was booked to be on Nitro. He won't be appearing at the house shows that he's booked for on the upcoming weeks uh, against Goldberg and Benoit. Heat between the sides apparently hasn't gotten any better as management is really upset that he missed Nitro the past two weeks. As pu- Oh, so the US title switch was punishment for Rick. Uh, That's why they took it off David and put it on Benoit oh to punish god. Rick because he wasn't on TV. The plan was to oh my god on the eight nine Nitro the plan was to introduce Meng as Flair's bodyguard and have him interview to sa- uh, interfere to save the title. They had already taped a Thunder match that was set to air on eight twelve with David keeping the US title beating Bobby Blaze with Meng interfering. Uh, that had to be edited off the show since they dropped the Meng angle that took the belt from him. On that Thunder, they also had to edit a Savage interview where he talked about... Ah, so this explains that weird interview. 
They had to edit a Savage interview where he talked about how everyone had already seen the identity of the Humvee driver since they hadn't. <laughs> Apparently the plan was for the hum- Humvee driver was to get Carmen Electra, which we've talked about on the show before, to show up on either Nitro or at the pay-per-view. The significance being, and I didn't make this connection during this angle, the significance of Carmen Electra was that she was Rodman's ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Um, to show up on either Nitro at the pay-per-view, they appear to have a deal set at $200,000 for one appearance. Enough so that Savage did the interview to build up the angle, but it must have fallen through. On 8-5, Savage and his interview talked about running for president, an angle which was not booked for him, and he went off on his own tangent about the Humvee driver, which didn't take place, about a bodyguard for George, Gorgeous George, which didn't happen, and that he'd be having a new Miss Madness contest on the 8-9 Nitro, which also didn't happen. To make matters worse, Savage hurt Evan Courageous with the elbow off the top on the Thunder match. Um, So, just a whole fucking schmoz there um is this, is this the is, f- first time it's been mentioned that randy is actively hurting people with the elbow uh this is the first time we've read it yeah. since we started doing this but yeah uh it won't be the last we'll hear of it i'd say um they're still planning on an imminent return for the outsiders the idea is six to eight weeks and part of the nash retirement angle is to try and rejig like the, the whole air of them coming in when they're not supposed to be in the company from 96 because Nash has been fired, he's not supposed to be here. Three years and they're redoing it. Like Yeah. That's, that, um, that's they're t- they're also talking about to try and explain away the logic holes and the angle that they would link up with Eric Bischoff, who would then turn heel again. Uh him and Hogan were supposed to turn heel together on A twenty three in Vegas. Nash or uh, Bischoff and Hogan. Yes, together. Oh my God. There has also been discussion of bringing Bret Hart back as a heel, which makes absolutely no sense at this point. There, there at this point is no locked-in date or program for his return, but the originally planned program and scenario with Hogan seems to have been dropped. Um, and then there's like a couple of other little bits like that we know. So uh, Dustin Runnels is Imminent. backstage at the yeah. shows at the moment, and he's he's ready to go. Somebody is getting repackaged, but we'll be able to talk about that on the show because ch- there's a um there's a little vignette and uh, just one last thing i do want to mention that's hilarious he had to get um dave had to get a burial here literally two lines about the tv guide covers we talked about uh, a couple of shows ago kimberly has to be the least most well-known person in the 50 plus years of tv guide to ever get a cover shot and i think kevin nash is probably the second least known person to ever make the cover (laughs) so many people taking shots at kevin nash poor kevin nash yeah, I know, right? Um, Mark Madden on the web broadcast of the Hogan Nash match accidentally said, instead of loser must retire, the match is loser gets time off. I don't think that was accidental at all. No, I yeah. Um, we've also got uh, Psychosis is uh, set to unmask soon. Uh yeah and then oh my god oh this will be your favorite thing ever there is talk of a formation of a new group in wcw that will feature chavo guerrero jr juventud guerrera psychosis and of course the natural fourth man for that group brad armstrong (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry, and Dave adds here with Armstrong as the mouthpiece or the spokesperson. What? <laughs> what the fuck is that? I, I really hope that happens. I don't think it ever did. I feel like I'd remember that. And it says there's more talk of it. So that means they have been talking about it for a while. Um, it's incredible. I, like, Brad Armstrong is like the worst Armstrong promo imaginable. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's nobody worse in his family. No. <laughs> uh, and that bar that bar drops really low after the first two that you think of. Uh, like what 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 are you gonna do? <laughs> Eat pins is what they're gonna do. I I fucking that that's the most like that has to be the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard. I don't know who I feel worst for out of the four, except I do, and it's psychosis. Yeah, psychosis all the way. <laughs> they're they're going to take his mask and put him with this pack of fucking weirdos. First of all, it's like, oh, we're going to take your mask. Right, fine. We're going to put you a but chavo. we got a hot angle for you, kid. We're going to put you a chavo. <laughs> yeah. And fucking oh, Brad Armstrong's going to be your mouthpiece. I hope this is a related news item as well. WCW is in talks about bringing back Jim Neidhart. Who? <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil the surprise. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, uh, here's... Some, I, 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 I keep saying it's the last thing, but this is like it's too good of a week, really. Uh, this is one that we'd have to uh, keep an eye on because this is going to be a developing story. Raven has been very vociferous about his unhappiness with the promotion. He's about one <laughs> month away from returning to the ring from injury. He was on Man Cow in Chicago and ripped the company, claiming they used camera tricks to make it appear some wrestlers aren't as over as they really are and talked about the same problems everyone talks about. He also went on the ECW website and said he'd rather be working for ECW. <laughs> his wish is about to come true in not too long. He's told a lot of people that when his contract is up, in it, which is about 10 months away, he's gone. Uh, we had kind of mentioned uh, when, we, when we talked about the Deadpool formation that he did have a, a radio appearance around this mm-hmm. time. So that's that. those are the details on that. Like, Mankow is getting all the scoops on the fucking miserable bastards backstage in WCW. <laughs> and I don't think that stops. I think that just continues on through the end of the company. And it continues apace. Yes, yeah. for sure. But that's the end of the WCW scoops for this week. Um, as entertaining as they have been, we should probably move on, shall we? Fucking Brad Armstrong. <laughs> that one's going to sit with you for a while. I'm going to be thinking you know about what? that later on tonight and going, fucking hell. You know, message us, uh, uh, like tweet us or drop a message in the Discord. What would that, uh, that foursome be called that will take over all of WCW? Um, once again, Chavo... Hoovy, psychosis, and spokesperson and leader Brad Armstrong. I just like Lee's face is like this horrified rictus grin at the moment. I like, just, he's, like, I, he I genuinely can't. thinks I've made that up. Like I, I feel like you did, but knowing this company, it's legit. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. This is why we do the Observer segment now, folks. Like, to, we would have missed that this was a thing people talked about in WCW. Just what's the upside of that? I don't know. Don't know. Again, I I wonder if they're being formed specifically to do a month of jobs to the Revolution and then be forgotten about. But the Revolution are already feuding with like eight different people. 
Yeah. <laughs> they need oh, serious competition. Fuck me. I don't need Brad Armstrong can bring that to them. <laughs> um, right. This is Thunder episode 76 from Lubbock, Texas. Uh, 19th of August, 1999. 2.5 rating down by a massive 0.4 week Oof. on week. Um, something I hadn't really thought about um, but now that his the gimmick is well and truly over why is the Hollywood sign still part of the opening yeah I don't know program? I actually thought of that when I looked at the start of this one myself I was like why Why is that still there yeah it's like the they've changed they've tweaked a lot of things about the program like the look of the um, the program over the, the while like changing yeah, you know different yeah, yeah. Co- slightly different colours the entrance is slightly different and different bits and pieces like that but one thing they have not changed since like very early on i think there was one tweak to the 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 opening video but it's still the hollywood sign which feels like like the only loose connection this show has to hollywood was hollywood hogan and he's not even hollywood hogan anymore like he's back in the red and yellow it's just i don't know you just kind of have to write it off another uh another point for those people that say they just didn't care about thunder yeah truly um today says that west texas is jacked for thunder and it just made me think like maybe now they're on the second half of the double shot and they didn't want to spoil the pop but why were the west texas rednecks not all over this show yeah but they're on monday night nitro promoting that's true they're on the show that they care about yes the the new music video which is advertised many times on the show not only that, but um, you may think, oh, that makes sense because, you know, they're going to be sticking around West Texas and that's where Nitro's going to be. Nope, Nitro is in the MGM Grand Garden Arena. <laughs> and if there's one thing... The home of country music. I was just going to say, if there's one thing Las Vegas is known for, it's, it's country music. Oh, um, there was a thing I read in The Observer about that dude we were talking about. Uh, what was his name that did the, Chad the, Brock. the country guy? Chad Brock. He didn't get a proper introduction on Nitro because every time his name was mentioned before the TV tapings, he got booed by the crowd. So much so that Dave Penzer was specifically instructed from uh, through his headset not to give him an introduction before his concert. Oh, my God. (laughs) I I love WCWs with all my heart. Speaking of concerts on WCW. Yes, Kiss are coming up on Nitro, yeah. Which means we are we are counting down the days until the demon debuts on, on WCW Thunder. It's next week, surely, no? Well, I don't know I mean, if, he, the, if he actually has a match on Thunder. It's the Nitro that he shows up, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, he shows up at the, the culmination yeah. of the gig, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so keen viewers may want to tune into that Nitro. We shall not. No, we're, we're, we're not doing it, no. <laughs> no, we're not doing it. Um... Tanae lets us know that Sting will be challenging Hogan on Monday. Just, you know, just fucking hot shot and classic WCW. Hogan's only won the belt and it's like, oh yeah, you know that guy that, like, he had a feud with that, that we built the whole company around for 18 months? We're just giving that shit away on a week's notice. Yeah, but they're friends now. Yeah, they are pals, yeah. But also Sting's about to turn heel. So... um, Tanae also mentions, um, and this is like a... a, a I don't know if it's a lapse for him or it's a deliberate thing and he wasn't supposed to mention them, but he basically listed all the famous Texas wrestlers he could think of that weren't currently in WWF and does not mention the Von Erichs. 
He does a big list of them, like about six or seven I'd, famous. I'd say, and, and I was like, I was like, there was only two types of a mission that I recognize, and it's people that are in WWF and the Von Erichs. I'd say it was purposefully not to mention the Von Erichs. Quite possibly. Because mm. I don't feel like that's a thing Tanae would himself not mention. No. I feel like that's a, yeah, don't, just, don't mention just that. Just don't shit. mention that family, yeah. Don't mention that family. Actually, uh, uh, my, my casual friend, my casual wrestling fan friend um, actually said to me, brought up the Von Eric movie. Mm. He's like, oh man, I can't wait to see this. Um, I I feel like the two of us should do a cinema trip for that and do a pod after. I hate the cinema, man. Oh, what if we go to like, what, oh, what if they show it in the Stella in Rat Mines where we could get like a bit of dinner with the movie and sit in proper <laughs> armchairs? They do it. They do a great Parmesan fries there. <laughs> you can still sound like a romantic night out first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, lo- lovely, like, uh, basically candle. I mean, us, I yeah. already get enough shit off my wife for not doing date nights. Imagine that. It's like, <laughs> sorry, I gotta go. Me and Dave are going on a date. When's the movie out? Uh, next year sometime, I think. Uh, we'll, we'll see. You say it's a work trip. Technically, you're right. <laughs> Just don't elaborate. I mean, actually, yeah, it's your boy, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just file a cinema trip as a business expense. You won't. <laughs> sure, you will. come back with a, with a receipt for the diesel. I'm gonna write it off. <laughs> just, look her dead in the eye. And like, believe me, you don't want to see this film. <laughs> it might as well be called "It Gets Worse." <laughs> Actually, just the same, uh, the same casual friend ran up to me in the. I was up in the local shop, and he goes. Mm. Oh, did you hear? I was like, "Well, wow. I'm thinking something that happened." He's like, "Oh, the AEW's going back to Wembley next year." I was like, "Yeah, they announced that at the show last year, or was it this year?" Yeah. He's like, "Oh, did they?" I was like, "Well, yeah. it's just that he tuned in for a huge announcement this yeah, week." Yeah, well, that's what. <laughs> He's like, "I saw somebody had retweeted." I was like, "Yeah, no, that that's not news." <laughs> yeah. I am not in, like, we'll be going. I'm sure. That's what I said to him. I was like, "Hotels booked." I was like, "I have my hotel booked." He's like, what? I was yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's pre-booked. But I, I'm have, not gonna I haven't be, paid anything. I, I don't expect to be in any great rush for a ticket. That's what I said to him. I was like, I'm buying a ticket week of. I don't care where it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a different kettle of fish this time, I think. So I, um, I invited him along. He might come. Ah, cool. Um, so, uh, your main man, Sid Vicious, the man in the bid to become the Millennium Man, he... Uh, he's all over the he's show. Set, he's, oh, he's all over this show. Uh, but he is claiming to currently be at 61 and 0, which something. So if you read Death of WCW, which I think until the network was the main history mode yes. of nostalgia yeah. we had for WCW. And it is true that the numbers that they report are massively inconsistent. And a couple of times he goes down in numbers because they forget what he's saying he's at. And he got a. He's Sid, so he forgets. Well, I mean, he um, says on this show he's in the 50s. Yeah, and he, uh, yeah, he does, like, the thing where he's not actually winning matches. He's just walking into other people's matches and sometimes pinning people and sometimes powerbombing people and counting that as a win. Um, but what you don't remember is that every time the streak has been mentioned on commentary on Thunder, at least, Tanae is like, this bullshit. <laughs> 
like because he immediately goes, Sid is saying he's at sixty one and O. He's not. <laughs> well, I mean, Tanae is a historian. This matters. Mike Tanae is like, you're trying to get messages to him. It's like, Mike, if they're holding you captive, blink once for <laughs> yes, twice for no. <laughs> Say Hurricane Rana when, when Steiner does a Frankensteiner. We'll know you're in danger. <laughs> we'll, we'll know. We'll, se- we'll send the car. We'll send the car. But he also said, he's like, even though he's like, he's not at 61 and 0, he's like, but I'm not going to tell him that. Yeah, that's what Larry says. Why don't you tell him? He's like, no, <laughs> you tell him. Uh, one of the uh, one of our favorite treats on Thunder is our opening match, and that's um, Psychosis Wrestling. One of our 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 underdog heroes on the program, our mate Silver King. I I, I literally have it in like one of my first notes. They really should have done more with Silver King. This guy rules. Every time I'm just like this guy. The faces he was pulling during this match. I've people say they've seen eyes bugging out before this man's eyes were nearly launched into the second row that's how much they were bugging out of his head when he was selling i loved it did you see the clip of father james mitchell and the collection of people he was with on the nwa show doing live bumps live on the show <laughs> the assembly of humanity yes i've, I've seen a little bit yeah. yeah so that's what i imagine silver king does right before you go walks out the curtain because this man is wild yeah uh, what's weird though is and this is obviously it must be context from outside of wcw is that as soon as silver king shows his face he gets booed to fuck by the texas crowd yeah it's got to be like uh, a huge thing right yeah because like they it's not like psychosis came out first and they're like oh yeah psychosis is our guy we're gonna boo the other guy they didn't know what match was coming out silver king came out first and they're like oh fucking boo <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought this crowd was pretty hot for like it you know, they half, liked this match. The they second half this of the match. Paper, like, I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, this is something that AEW learned recently. You go to Texas, you book a like a lucha icon, and people are going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And this was, I think, is probably while it was going, one of the most enjoyable Thunder matches we've had in a little while. Yeah, I was watching this going. I obviously didn't realize that Sid comes in. I should have, should have, when I thought about it. <laughs> you should, you should have. Yeah, but we're I, gonna be going through this for a while I was, now. I was like, man, Summer King Psychosis. This is a fine little start to Thunder. Yeah, um, Psychosis's half and half gear is fucking brilliant. It's so good. That man, just again, he's up there with Savage when it comes to like just great gear. Yeah. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing, you know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. 
you get a display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net, arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Like one half of the gear is proper black and silver and the other half is like black and black. Mm. Um, and it's, it just looks really fucking cool. But of course, we have to take his mask off. Um, there's a little bit of miscommunication. Um, so he sits Silver King on the top rope. He tries to do a spring springboard drop kick, but he doesn't jump right. It doesn't connect at all. And Silver King, rather than sell a shitty kick, just sits there. Perhaps more impressively athletic than if the original spot had been pulled off, though, is like Sikosis looks at him for a beat, and then from a standing position on the mat does a spinning wheel kick that goes up high enough to clock Silver King in the head and knock him down. And then even more amazingly, to make up for this botch, decides to do the most terrifying Tope suicide I think I've ever seen in my yeah. life. The the most literal suicide dive I've seen in wrestling in quite a while. It's literally, I'm a lawn dart and I'm going to go head first into the ground. This man launched himself so hard that he appeared disappointed he survived um then silver king hits the most gorgeous teach this in wrestling school tilt a whirl backbreaker Mm -hmm. you've ever seen in your life um he gets up in the referee's face to keep the heat on him this is something else i love like as soon as he got the booze in the crowd he knew he was working rudo during this and it was it was a delight it was a delight there is an enormous terry funk fan in the audience yes right i don't on. know if you saw this yeah, right in the hard can yeah and it made me think oh did did terry come back on nitro is this the, the start of the terry funk crazy old man wcw run uh no not till january this man was just very eager terry is currently retired well, look, Lubbock wouldn't be too far from West Texas, like it is in West Texas, so yeah. it wouldn't be too far from... Um, the Double Cross Amarillo. Ranch. Am- Amarillo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just a big fan of the Funker. I'm Look, I'm excited to have him in in January, um, but look, uh, we're just going to have to wait, eh? Um, sunset flip for a two count by Psychosis. Silver King takes him back down with a really stiff clothesline. Mm-hmm. 
and then this is where his eyes nearly launched into the second row. Uh, scoop slam and a hard kick to the head while Psychosis is in the seated position. Uh, he tries a double springboard moonsault, which was gorgeously executed, but he eats shit because Psychosis moves out of the way. He goes up for a 450, but oh, and not for the last time on this show, Sid Vicious comes in. <laughs> This is the true, I think this is the true culmination and realization of a large man appears this show. <laughs> this is as real as it's going to get for a large man appears. There was an episode we called a large man appears when we coined the phrase where four different large men appeared across two hours. That's right, yeah. But this is the, this is the most true a large man appears because it happened about four times on the show, but it was only one large man. And, oh, he could not stop appearing on this program. You just call this a large Sid appears. A large psycho appears. Um, um, yeah, so I think we see more power bombs on this this episode of Thunder than you see um, Canadian Destroyers on any indie. Yeah, or super kicks. Yeah. It's safe to say that the power bomb is not banned in WCW anymore, because holy fuck. Um, now, I will say... The first powerbomb in this show, he should have stopped powerbombing people because it was the best one. So he goes, dives yeah. off the ropes and he caught him in midair and powerbombs him. <laughs> that was class. Um, it, he got booed for the powerbomb, but then he powerbombed Silver King, got cheered. Well, I mean, the, fan, the fans are, uh, they're consistent at least. Um, I love when Sid's accent comes out in his promos. And he shushes the crowd first, and then he said, "People are asking me, Sid, why the devastation?" You like what that meant in Memphis? Yeah. Oh, Sid, why? <laughs> uh, now I can just imagine Sid in uh, what the Water Boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's like one of the background characters playing football, Aww. playing football. How wasn't he? What was it like? I have, he was in Ready to Rumble. He was Sid. Yeah, he gets beaten up by uh, Sal Bandini, if I recall correctly. <laughs> also, that movie's coming up in our timeline. Well, it surely is. Yeah, we've got to watch Universal Soldier first. Oh, fuck off. Uh, he said the main reason for what he's doing is Goldberg. He wants. Uh, he wants his name. One of the things he wants is for his name to because yeah, it's such a fucking rambly, garble yeah. Sid promo. Because he said the only thing he wants is Goldberg, but then he also starts naming other reasons why he's doing what he's doing, and one of them is to be mentioned in the same breath as Babe Ruth, which he paused for a reaction he didn't really get, and then he said Michael Jordan, which is much more contemporary, and then people were like, "Oh, boo!" Um, we said that's not the main reason. So the main reason, this is now the third main reason, is so that people will call him the Millennium Man. He admits he has no idea what number he's at, which is a great bit. He's trying to beat Goldberg Streak, but he's lost count himself by his own admission. He said, I don't know what number I'm at now, but I'm going to shake all over at 76 and 0, which he says with the triumphalist that that is going to be when he beats Goldberg Streak. Lee, do you know what in canon Goldberg Streak is? 171 173 or 173 sorry it was 173 and one yeah there's nothing like shaking all over with celebration when you are approximately 97 wins short of tying the record he's only got a month dave give the man a break <laughs> yeah, there's only so many opportunities to powerbomb people <laughs> and he took all of them that's for sure 
Uh, here's one dug up from the Thunder archives. Uh, Shane Douglas is in a match next against fucking Al Green. Where'd this guy come from? <laughs> Al Green, I feel like, pops up maybe once in like or every, twice a yeah, year. Yeah, like every nine months or so we see Al Green. And, and he's looking like a slightly overinflated Lodi here with mm. his, uh, his his new hairdo and beard combo. Can, can we talk about Shane Douglas? Let's. So the guy just debuted, what, three weeks ago in canon? Yep. He's getting face reactions. Sorry, he's seeking yep. face reactions. Yes. It's really odd. Yes, he's a very naturally unlikable man. And I feel like he's not particularly over. I'm putting. No, I'm putting him. I, I think. Uh, I think he's more over because of who he's associated with, rather yeah. than who he is so far. And I feel like putting him in a match with Al Green isn't going to really help any of these situations. Let alone a match with Al Green, where for a good half of this match he is selling for Al Green. Yeah, it's it. It's really not been a well thought out debut month. No. They, like, the one thing that you can say they thought out this really well is that he is speaking on behalf of the entire revolution rather than having the three of them except, have to stumble. Except when he's not. <laughs> yeah, except when he's not. Yeah. The idea of having him as the mouthpiece for the revolution is good, except when he's not. Um, I just wrote, Al is so shite. Uh, at one point, he gets uh, Shane Douglas in the corner and turns his back to him and starts hitting the worst back elbows you have ever seen mm-hmm. in your goddamn life. So bad, in fact, that Douglas, I think out of embarrassment, immediately shakes it off and hits the Pittsburgh plunge <laughs> and beats him. Yeah, I should add, they also got a... They got mixed up going for the Pittsburgh plunge because he had to twice do yep. the good kick. Yeah. Um, this match was pretty fucking bad. I'm not going to lie. It was bad. I can't blame Shane for this one either. Um... And he was yelling all the way out to the ring and all the way after the match, you cannot stop a revolution. Um, We get great news, and that's the new West Texas Rednecks music video debuts on Monday. uh, And a sneak preview of them palling around on quad bikes. (laughs) There needs to be more, like, doofus tag teams and stables doing vignettes where they're just having fun together. Just being lads. Lads being lads. Yeah. You, I assume you've seen the infamous uh, video of the Thrill Seekers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just having fun, yeah. shirtless. Staying up all night till 8pm. Fucking great shit. Mm-hmm. Great. I love that. More of that in my wrestling, please. Oh, do, who, um, who's the, the, the jobber team in AEW? The Outrunners? Oh, they're incredible. Oh, I love I them. I want them to start getting vignette. Like, fuck the Iron Savages. Like, they genuinely one. Yeah, well, that's because the Iron Savages, like, they stink because they were, like, a decent... They were they were good and beyond, and they could have been slotted as a decent mid-card tag team in this, but they're trying too hard to be comedy mm-hmm. jobbers now, whereas the Outrunners are just perfect. I love the Outrunners. I would not change a thing. I fucking no love notes. them. All they need... They're so good. They need, like, an 80s-style manager. Yeah. I don't mind. Like I love comedy and wrestling, and I I don't think AEW should be immune to having funny bits in wrestling. Mm-hmm. But when the subjects of the comedy are not bottom of the barrel or like uh, heels that you don't care about, then it's it runs into bad for me. Mm. Like for example, 
here is a here is a good contrast between the two. I hated the repeated skits this Wednesday with MJF and the acclaimed. Yes. However, there is one moment during the last skit that I fucking lost my life laughing for. And that's when the acclaimed walk, you know what I'm going to say, when the acclaimed walk off for the last time and the camera whips around to see Jeff Jarrett rubbing his hands together. (laughs) And all of his, all of his little dumbass buddies cackling. (laughs) Max, we're here to help. (laughs) It's like, okay, that's good yeah. because they're all stupid dickheads <laughs> that aren't going to be like challenging for championships or mm-hmm. anything like that. That was that was a good moment, especially especially when like you hear MJF under his breath before the camera like even cuts where he's just like, "Jeez," <laughs> or so he says something like, it's that. like "Oh no," oh, or "Shit, crap. yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> oh god, Jeff Jarrett's being just good return on investment for laughs on screen anyway yeah yeah on screen anyway we gotta keep talking about this show i guess uh we got a saturday night tease for this week again like these saturday night shows are seeming like they may be better bang for your book now than thunder by far sounds like just straight Uh, wrestling which is yeah you know better than what you're getting Harlem Heat, Kidman, Mysterio, Benoit, and one person I've left out there because something we need to talk about in this show, Tanay is trying, like the Dickens, to get over someone's new in-ring moniker. Would that be Shooter Perry Saturn? Perry Shooter Saturn yes. is what we're going with now. Um, if I had a, a, a penny for every time they said Shooter on this show... I'd have a fair few pennies, Lee. I, it, I, I, w- I would not have zero pennies. You'd have, you'd have a nice sure. little collection of pennies. Yes, um, appa- apparently, this shooter nickname was given to him by Aaron Anderson. Who yeah, was, and that was like at one point he says, and he'd know. Who was a heel the last time he was on TV, like four weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And was like directly <laughs> opposed yes. to all the guys yeah. in the revolution. But anyway. Uh, Gene is on the ramp with Rick Steiner. I'm sure you were fucking delighted to see Rick Steiner all over the show almost as much as Sid. Uh, calls the revolution four little girls. Ha 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 ha. He says he'll beat them one by one and then threatens to beat up their mothers. Uh, he says no one can outthink him. Untrue. No one can outwrestle him. Untrue. And no one can outfight him. I would say that's closer to maybe being true, but like this is a locker room that currently has Scott Norton in it, and I would never back <laughs> anyone in a fight with Scott Norton. Um, so the point of this promo was supposed to be that Rick Steiner issues an open challenge, correct? Mm-hmm. Never once does he mention that it's an open challenge. No, he fucks it up so bad that I think Gene has to say twice. So that's an open challenge. Yeah. And then today has to clarify. So what he's doing. The goal of this promo, though, as you say, Lee, you would not know by actually listening to the words he says, is that he's saying that the revolution are cowards for uh, always being together, which is funny because we literally just got at a pay-per-view where we talked for ages about how they were letting Benoit struggle alone because they wouldn't do the numbers game and overwhelm people. So he's just like... He's just making shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's throwing it out an open challenge. Whichever one of the revolution want to challenge him for the TV title, he'll take them on tonight. Then we, <laughs> we get a vignette. Did you know about this character before? Yeah, I just wasn't sure when that was going to pop up. 
This was the first vignette for Coach Buzz Stern. For those of you playing at home, Coach Buzz Stern is the repackaged idea for one glacier. Uh, he is a wrestling coach, and his vignettes are him lecturing four doofuses, whom we can't see their faces, but I am certain from his side profile that one of them is Elix I was just going to say, the one I know for sure is Elix Skipper. Yeah, you can tell that's him, but the other three, I have no idea who no. they are yet. Um, one idiot is late, and this is the guy who would basically become his protege, I believe, for this angle while it lasts. Do you know what would have been good... If this is how the natural... Not this. Well, if this was how the natural born killers came to be. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because a couple of them could actually wrestle. Yeah. Um, but decidedly, this is not good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So just to pull the bandaid off right now, Lee, uh, they do these vignettes for a little while and then he shows up on TV coaching that doofus from the, from the, the vignette. Mm. Uh, who immediately loses. And then Coach Buzz Stern, I believe, has one match in that gimmick on Thunder, loses, and then Glacier is fired before the end of 1999. Damn. You yeah. never got the payoff. They do. You can tell WCW are finally starting to feel the financial pinch at the end of 1999 because they do something they haven't done um, in the time we've been watching, because all they do is accumulate talent, they do have a big cull of people to save money okay. uh, by the end of the year, but we will talk about that when we get to it. Um, Coach Buzz Stern says, Rule one, he makes the rules. Rule two, if you have a problem with that, refer to rule one. I believe one. it's if you have any questions, refer to rule one. Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. Excuse so it makes me. even sorry, less coach. sense. Yes. Uh, he has three S's. Uh, sweat plus sacrifice equals pause success it's not quite the three eyes that we would be seeing quite soon on WWF TV um, next up uh, a six man tag team encounter <laughs> fuck me Lee I'm not gonna lie I took a <laughs> screenshot and the first thing I did was I sent it to Aaron Quinn yeah oh this is the most <laughs> This is the most Aaron Quinn match we have covered in weeks. <laughs> I like to think of myself as a knowledgeable fan. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm aware of Bobby Blaze. Okay. Who the fuck are Adrian Bourne and Dave Burkhead? <laughs> Dave Burkhead sounds like he's been working the Scottish Indies for 25 <laughs> years. <laughs> Begging Mark Dallas for a payoff. And Adrian Bird is definitely like a, a folk artist that, that plays the open mics at your local pub. Um, I, I don't. Well, I, a, can't, a, I lost count. Adrian Bird and the Swallows or something like that. Yeah, I lost count of the amount of times during this match I said, who the fuck? <laughs> who the fuck? So these guys are wrestling. Like, it's not even like they're going up against the revolution and they're, they're feeding them. They're going up against distinctly lower mid-card Brit alliance of Chris Adams, Dave Taylor, and Stephen Reed. I like the Brits. Not something, not, not something Adams, I'll say often, but I do like this Brit team. Chris Adams, God bless him. I don't want to get too hard in this case, and I know I think it's I think it's 2000 mm. or 2001 where he passes away, sadly. But there are few men in this company less, less fucked about anything at the moment because 
His whole bit, and this isn't the first time he's done it, his whole bit is that he comes out, leans into the camera, and just goes, I hate the US. <laughs> like, he's not even doing anything clever. Nothing clever at all. Like, at least Dave Taylor is doing the bit where he carries the flag, and he uses the flag as an offensive weapon when the ref isn't looking. You know, yeah. and he he gets into different ways of using the flag. Like, Chris Adams' thing is just to go, fucking hate the Saints. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, Regal has, you know, the, the upturned nose and does the, the snooty thing. Taylor has the flag. I mean, what, what do you want Adam to do? Come out with a fucking bag of fish and chips? Oh, that'd be great. Oh, that'd be a really babyface move, though. Like, you're handing out. Or actually, no. The heel move is to come out fish and chips and not give anyone any of it. Well, I mean, the Yanks don't understand good fish and chips, so. That would get that would get a lot of heat. Um, Now, did you think that these three men that they were facing had names that were suitably jobber enough for you yes oh that's a shame because i have one better for you okay i looked up dave burkhead don't say he has another name he has a much better name oh what is it so the rest of them all kind of have the the other guys have kind of like either more boring or variations on the same name are their only other aliases dave burkhead for most of his career it seems like was known by get ready for this this tasty morsel he was known as knuckles zandwich but zandwich with a z so is it knuckles with an s it's knuckles with an s but zandwich <laughs> so is he doing the fuck fear thing except he's swapping the s and the z at the end of knuckles and start the sandwich I don't I don't have I put too much thought into this you've put really too much thought into this it's safe to say you've put an Aaron Quinn level of thought into this now she is furiously writing a bio of Knuckle Sandwich in the discord channel as she's listening to this is he instantly the best wrestler with the name Knuckles in his name <laughs> I don't know He's definitely the best wrestler named Zandwich I've ever seen. What about the Earl of Zandwich? <laughs> no, he didn't have good fire. <laughs> the Earl of Zandwich was a shit promo. Oh, God. Or he would have been the fucking king of Zandwich. I'll tell you that. Where do you guess Zandwich? to get a sandwich if I open a shop I'm going to have a sandwich on the menu <laughs> a few years ago people were like using the phrase zaddy zaddy is that when zaddy makes lunch he makes sandwiches <laughs> is that zaddy zaddy eats first zaddy eats first <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell this show <laughs> do you think if you got an egg tattoo it'd be the zaddy nightmare <laughs> Big Zaddy Cool but with a K and Cool. Oh, uh, <laughs> the Zad, the Zad guy. Now that he's being punished, you could just you could put him with Bagwell, Buff Zaddy. What a fucking team. You know, you just have two Zs instead of two Bs. Zuff Zagdwell. 
I wish I hope he shows up more now. This was significantly more entertaining this entire match. <coughs> this match went fucking ages. Why was this so long? It was so long. I've never they seen ran a bigger team two of minutes jobbers. In. I was like, I was like, if this goes thirty seconds, I'll be stunned. It went like five minutes to the flag spot four times. And you were thinking, like, oh, is it one of those ones where, like the Shane Douglas match, where it goes longer than it should and the jobber gets heat? No, I don't know if the jobbers here hit one offensive move. No, Bobby Blaze just kept getting into the ring to distract the ref. <laughs> getting... While uh, one of them was getting the fucking bollocks knocked And Larry Zabisco was getting considerably more pissed off every time it happened. Was it Bird? Was it Bird was getting the bollocks knocked off him? I can't, I, I couldn't tell the other two apart. Oh man, um, do you know what you should do? What? You should show your granddad this match. He'd love nothing more to no. see a board get the head, this guy kicked in. Yeah, he would, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would be on brand for him. I can't imagine the level to which I'd be disowned if not only I made my grandfather watch wrestling, but this was the match I picked. First of all, you're going to see some Brits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just going to have to make do with that. that. That's a deal. And the Brits are going that's to That's a deal breaker for a lot of uh, Irish people. Not only that, but the the other guys are so bad, you're going to be relieved when the Brits finally win. Well, the Brits didn't win. Well, they didn't, yes, actually, now that I think about it. Um, so what does happen, Lee? Because I'm not interested in calling spots Well, here. I mean, like most times the Brits are involved in something, the Americans saved them. They're going to say, like most times the Brits are involved in something, Sid Vicious comes out and puts a stop to it. <laughs> Could have fucking used Sid in 1916, I'll tell you that. <laughs> We'll always remember where we were when Sid powerbombed the king off the GPO. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, uh, yeah, basically, this match goes way too long. Sid comes out with Rick Steiner in tow this time. Uh, the Brits do the smart thing and they walk away. <laughs> they literally, they literally <laughs> just they disappear. They like fucking cowards. <laughs> um and Sid then destroys the three lads with power bombs, makes little H count two of them at once. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, Larry did the slip up where he started in this match going off on uh, Charles Robinson being a heel ref and immediately got told to cut it out on, on the headset clearly because he just stops abruptly and never brings it up again. Yeah, that was odd, actually. <laughs> um, Rick Steiner for... God knows what reason has a microphone and does play-by-play of Sid beating up the jobbers. Uh, also, in a spectacular feat of arithmetic uh, that just must run roughshod through the Steiner family. Uh, as Sid lays out and pins three different men, Rick Steiner says, one more to the list. Oh, excuse me. Fucking unbelievable. Um, so basically... Unbelievable. Could you imagine... If there's a member of that family who's an accountant. I wish Bron Breaker was an accountant. Fuck. So you wouldn't have to watch yeah, the wrestle. Basically. Yeah. Um, Rick calls out the, the revolution again. I think Bobby Blaze eats another powerbomb for some reason. He does. He eats a second powerbomb. Oh, it's like high on a shoulder. Temerity to stick around <laughs> selling. Yeah. Oh my God. It's directly onto um, the shoulder. Yeah. And at this point Steiner calls the jobbers Hogan, Sting and Goldberg. Obviously ignoring that Hogan yeah. and Sting are now not friends. Yeah. 
uh, and not actively feuding with either of these men. Yeah, it's it's just fucking odd. And that uh, was your segment. Ne- yeah, next we have the revolution coming out. Uh, without, um, oh no, it is it is with um, with Douglas. But uh, the other guys, uh, as you said before, they just interrupt Shane Douglas. Uh, Benoit says they are the real deal. Saturn accepts the challenge of Rick Steiner. And they come up with this incredibly cringe catchphrase. Out with evolution, in with revolution. And they are begging the crowd to chant revolution. Out with evolution, in with revolution. Yeah. I mean, evolution was like a hot topic in the late 90s in America, wasn't it? Well, and, and it was a mystery. Full of changes no one sees. Yes, that is true. But wasn't evolution a big thing? In the- now, revolution versus evolution is the angle they, they should have run in in early 2000s WWE. Listen, Triple H put over Bemo once. He wouldn't, wasn't going to do it again. <laughs> Let alone hire Shane Douglas. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> you want to talk about somebody that gets fucked over. Yeah. Um, um, so, next up. WCW World Cruiserweight title match. Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Lenny. <laughs> I'd say this segment flat out fucking traumatized you because when they announced it for the title and who he was wrestling, I was like, right, Ray, safe as houses here. <laughs> Put the fucking farm on Ray. Do you know what I did? I was watching this match and I was like, Lenny Lane was a cruiserweight champ. But that was like a year, <laughs> couple of years ago. Why, why did they ever bring that up? I genuinely thought that. Um, do you know why they don't bring it up Dave why is because that because Lenny Lane wasn't Cruiserweight champ until this match <laughs> yep uh, match was okay here's, I guess, here's the, th- here's the thing Lenny Lane's actually quite good yes it's just that he's Lenny yeah that's the only problem here it's the gay panic spots and there's a lot of them. I feel like I've got. I feel like at the end of this match, I turned into Marge Simpson, not Lenny. <laughs> um. Yeah, there's just so much gay panic. Even the ref gets in on it. Yeah, there was a sign. The sign as they came out, by the way, this week was Lenny is all over me about my diet. I mean, that gave me a laugh. Now, the laugh I got. Larry Zabisco with one of his rare dingers, right? The second sign they had was We Long Love Horns. Longhorns. And Larry Zabisco goes, huh, big psychosis fan. <laughs> I was like, that is that is quick thinking. I like that, Larry. Um, yeah, it's... So, the match is... But, uh, by the way, Ray as well got an amount of pyro that Edge would be embarrassed <laughs> by. Do you think that's because they knew, like, well, obviously they knew he was losing, so it was like, well, we're going to give you all the pyro. <laughs> Just the entire pyro budget. There's no page on this on this show. Like, on the pyro technician's board, there's one red button that just says all. <laughs> and that's when he just smashed it. <laughs> um, so Lodi gets sent to the back early. And that's supposed yeah. to be the story of the match, except he just comes back. Comes back. For no reason. It's not like the ref gets bumped no. or anything. Um, there was one cool spot in this where uh, Ray jumps off the top rope into electric chair position on Lenny's shoulders, going to hit like you would presume a, either a forward roll or a poison rana. Um, 
And Lenny immediately senses danger, pushes him off, and as he lands, he lands in the full Nelson position, hits a full Nelson driver. Mm. I thought that was a really smooth little spot. Um, and if they were go- like, and this is the thing, knowing now how this match ended, that should have been the finish. Yeah, I mean, it, it's that, it's the stroke basically is what he uses, isn't it? Or the the skull crushing finale. finale. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he does it like you say. He sets it up in such a way that there's no setup. It's just bang. He hit gets hit with it. Yeah was really good uh he absolutely saved ray mysterio's life on a springboard moonsault three seconds later ray nearly landed directly on his forehead yeah uh roll up attempt he pushes ray off ray's head bonks into Lodi. roll up and a new champion and lee when i say this crowd was pissed they were pissed Mm -hmm. at this finish not nearly as pissed as eddie guerrero yeah eddie and kidman are like out right right away and all i could think was yeah. Why isn't Eddie Guerrero on the show? Also, I feel very bad for um, both men involved in this match because as soon as Eddie Guerrero comes out, he completely dwarfs the entire angle because mm-hmm. everyone forgets about the finish and starts chanting. Eddie, for Eddie. has to try and, and yeah, you're right, like, to like get them back on track. How is the how is the Guerrero from El Paso not on this mm-hmm. show? Also, look a fucking jacked. To we, the I was just gonna say we only see him in the background of a couple of shots, but my god, that man is fucking jacked. <laughs> It's like we see him in the background a couple of shots because the camera can't get a shot of the ring that doesn't include him. That's how broad he is. Uh, uh, next up, I really didn't. I'm like, I wrote one sentence for this because this was <laughs> this was an unbelievably tedious. That was going to be my point of uh, this match came on and I start fucking with my phone, and yeah. I have one note. Sorry, two notes. I wonder if it's the same. I wonder if they're the same two notes as mine. Um, this is, by the way, a world tag team title match. Don't know how these cunts earned it. Um, it's Harlem Heat defending against Horace and Scott Norton. My first note is Harlem Heat still don't have matching gear. Mm. Get it fucking sorted, lads. The gear looks immaculate, but it's not matching. Fuck off. I can I, I can live without the, the matching gear. It's fine. Um, now my first note is Brian Adams left in a Kiss branded limo on Nitro yes he did he was still we mentioned that didn't we when we were reading the Observer that he was one of the names in contention to be the Kiss yes. demon um, but yeah then my second note is and he'd been written out of the the other thing they mentioned on commentary is that he's been written out of the NWO Yes. Because they talk about how the remaining members of the NWO... It's crumbling. Because it does yeah. exist, believe it or not, turned on him. Um, and then my second note is, my God, Booker T just killed Horace Hogan with the missile dropkick. <laughs> he <laughs> fucking <laughs> broke his nose by the looks he of it. Fuck, he took his face off. That that was legit my last note. Oh, well, second note. Yeah, that was my second note as well. He hoofs Horace's face off with a missile dropkick and uh, Stevie just pins him. It's great because, like, um, Larry goes, oh, that's great teamwork there from Harlem Heat. And it was literally just Booker did the missile dropkick and all Stevie did was just lie down. Well, no, hang on. We have to give Stevie credit. Stevie whipped him into the ropes and did a drop down. This is true. This is true. But Horace, Horace didn't even turn towards Booker. He just ran straight and Booker fucking nailed him. It was great. Yeah, yeah. He lawn darted into his face, feet first. It was incredible. Uh, uh, but the match was not. It was awful. Long heat segment on Booker. 
Um, but because it's Horace and Scott Norton, no one bought it. So everybody just kind of like they couldn't fuck on their phones like you did. Uh, but they they definitely went away in their minds to somewhere else until the finish. Um, our next segment sees the entire first oh, family come out. Why? Including one of the rare sights in nature, Bandana Barb, which I really like. Should have been a permanent look. Um, was their team a ripoff of Bruce Dickinson's version of the zoo? <laughs> Quite possibly. I want, I'll go I want, that. I want I'll people to go back and listen theory. and see, because that's the, that's the feel I got. I nearly came out of my chair when Larry called the this this collection of humanity a bunch of young guys. Who's the youngest? It's it's uh, Morris, surely. It'd have to be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, it's not fucking Barb or Nobs. It's certainly not Jimmy Hart. <laughs> well. <laughs> Who knows what Jerry... Yeah, Jerry Flynn, yeah. He, def- he defies fucking carbon dating Jimmy Hart. <laughs> um... Wait, were you hyped when they told you that the first family wanted tag titles? Oh my god. Now, the one thing I will say is we had uh, the rarest sight in nature happen twice on this show. Building matches from one thunder that will happen yeah, on another Yeah, that was thunder. amazing. Happens twice. Now, now, I could give a bollocks specifically about this match. Nobs and Morris versus Harlem Heat. Oh, mercy. Brian Nobs, Hugh Morris... And Stevie Ray are three quarters of a match. Yeah, that we will have to watch. I hope it's one of those things where they just forget. To I do was it. just gonna. That was gonna be my when we get to the main event. Do the two matches that they have booked for next week actually happen? Now the only thing about it is because it's the second half of a taping. The chances of them forgetting within an hour are quite low. Mm. But they're not zero. They're not zero. Um, speaking of main event, um, we get there. I, I, I should say, by the way, that that whole terrible first family interview spot was the semi-main event segment of the, of the show. Oh, between, between the first family promo and the main event, we get a, a crowd shot. And yes. we see a guy with a WCW Thunder tattoo. Now, I couldn't confirm if this was a transfer slash henna tattoo or not. But even that, I think, is a a genuine embarrassment even if it's not perfect. I want to know does this guy is he out there does somebody know somebody that has a WCW Thunder tattoo <laughs> can we get him help because <laughs> look how dedicated we are to Thunder and I would never in my life get a Thunder tattoo can we get photographic evidence that this tattoo exists in 2023 yeah. I would never get a thunder tattoo, and there's a lot of close friends of mine that among the first five things they will say if it's like tell me about Dave, they will say that I do this show. <laughs> like that's how identified I am with the brand of thunder, and I will never do that. <laughs> like, mark my words. Also, importantly, can we get him to put days of above his tattoo? Yeah, now that I'm willing to <laughs> like blow the whole Patreon fund on. Um, uh, supporting that but decision. yes if you know who this person is please let him know that we're looking for him yeah if he's not in witness protection yeah Um. world television title match main event Rick Steiner versus Perry Saturn uh, we are promised that in September 
if they're they're not doing Miss Madness, they are going to begin the search for the new Nitro Girl. And they're planning this out better than they've planned most tournaments, because they're already telling you the dates every single round is going to happen. And it's just incredible and very telling of WCW that this is the thing that they put the most forethought into. Mm-hmm. Also, spending the entrances for your main event on Thunder telling people about the Nitro Girl search is uh, quite telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, um, Rick Steiner is a stupid man. That's his gimmick, I've decided. Okay. Um, because he spent a whole promo earlier fucking moaning that none of the revolution will face him one-on-one. And then Perry Shooter Saturn comes out to face him one-on-one. And the first thing he says to Perry Saturn is, where are your boys? Like he wanted to fight all of them. Yeah. This man's a fucking clown. Well, I mean, look... We know this to be true in 2023. But, yeah, yeah, it's... I mean, the man has a microphone three times tonight. That's more than he should ever have a microphone. Three times too many, yeah. Um, I am devastated to report, Lee, that a Rick Steiner match broke out. (laughs) Yeah, well, it wasn't a Perry Saturn match, I can say that much. No, God love him. Um, Saturn attempts a fight back gets cut off Steiner hits a DDT for two Saturn fight back fights back again a suplex for two ten punch but then guess what Lee a large man appears <laughs> Sid strolls on out nice and slow yep uh, the crowd reacts a full 30 seconds before he's visible on camera yeah because I mean look Sid wasn't running down the aisle no uh it left saturn lingering on the top rope for a little bit too Mm -hmm. long um he pushes him off the top into a suplex robinson rings the bell immediately they start a beat down um but then benoit arrives benoit lays down a challenge for next week on thunder it's them two versus vicious and steiner um then it gets weird. I think they thought they were going home and the show was being cut off a few seconds before it actually did because he lays down the challenge. The challenge appears to be accepted. They do a brief brawl and then they have to like kill time for another 30 seconds and they get back on the mics and mouth off at each other. Yeah, so the challenge was thrown down. It was accepted. And that's where they thought, I think, time is up. They were going home because then Rick Steiner gets on the mic and goes, why do we got to wait till next week? Let's do it now. And they kind of, they yeah. go to the apron to get knocked down and a stage hand, you see a stage hand go to, I think it's Sid with a microphone going, we're not gone home yet, say something. And he decides to call yeah. out Goldberg. Yeah. Just awful. And like, the other thing about it is like, even though they're heels, these guys aren't supposed to be booked as um, cowardly heels. Mm-hmm. And even with Perry Saturn laid out dead on the ground, the two of them did not fancy their chances against just Chris Benoit by himself. Well, I mean, look. It's Chris Benoit. Yeah. He's really mad. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's Thunder. It was bad. It was bad. It was real bad. It wasn't all-time bad. It wasn't. It wasn't, wasn't all-time bad, but it was. it was bad. I'm looking forward to seeing do we get these two bad matches next week. Can't wait. Can't wait. Do we get another another um, uh, Coach Buzz Stern vignette? I hope so. That I'm looking forward to. 
Give us your overall thoughts on the show, Lee, um, and who are your winners and losers. I had a lot of Sid. That's my overall thoughts on the show. <laughs> Lots, Lots of Sid. Lots of Sid. A lot of power bombs. <laughs> is is that purely why you're saying it's not on the all time? Oh yeah, I mean, Sid, Sid, Sid so saves much. the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. While also actively not contributing to the show. Um. But I mean, look, I'm. <laughs> I'm willing to give Lenny a chance as a cruiserweight champ. Um, Did you think you'd ever say that out loud? No, but I mean, the cruiserweight title has been so just not important for pretty much all of 1999. Yeah. So it it's either absent from TV or even when it's on somebody we like, it's so not important. Yeah, I could I could do without ever seeing Al Green or Horace Hogan ever again. I have very bad news for you, at least on the uh, Horace front. I'm not sure about yeah, Al He's not going away, I know. Um, but look, yeah, no, the show wasn't good. Um, way too much got stars. Rick Steiner. Yeah. A, a really good match was interrupted very early on in the show, and that was disappointing. But yeah. look, they're, they're, I get what Dave was saying about they're actually trying to build the things. You can see they're, they're putting a little bit of thought into stuff. Which is a nice change. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. They're trying something. It might not be good, but they're trying something. Um, the finish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borger has six matches with two clean finishes, one DQ or count out, <laughs> and one interference leading directly to a finish, and two non That has to be our lowest clean finish count. In a while, yeah. anyway, yeah. Fucking hell. Uh, that's been Days of Thunder for this week. Thank you very much uh, for listening in. We'll be back on two week in two weeks on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network in one week over at largemanappears.com for only five Europeans. Uh, check us out. Uh, we'll see you again in a while. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder was produced by Lee Malone and edited by me, Dave Ryan. Keep up to date with the show and find all the ways to listen to us. You can follow us on Twitter at WCW Thunderpod or click the Linktree link in our Twitter bio or in the show notes. I am at the Day to Dave on Twitter and Lee is at Malone underscore 713. Days of Thunder is a part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Follow the VOW network anywhere good podcasts are sold for more fine podcasts than you can shake a stick at. Thanks. everyone my name is taylor and i'm kelly and we are the co-hosts of jumping bomb audio the number one show all about the world of joshi pro wrestling episodes drop every other monday where we discuss the biggest joshi news review shows and preview the hottest upcoming joshi action so whether you're a new fan or an old fan we've got something here for you at jumping bomb audio 
check us out on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.